Hello, guys, girls, and just anyone listening. First off, I love you, and thank you for being alive today. You're doing great. Take a breath with me. In and out. Let's be kind. Let's be kind today to ourselves first. Let's find out how to do it and talk through different ways that we're a lot kinder than we may think that we are. I'm Chanda and welcome to CPA, Chanda Pays Attention. Well, if you saw the title, you know we're back at that kindness thing. I don't feel I went nearly deep enough. I mean, my gosh, I didn't even give you a definition. (laughs) Google tells us that kindness is being friendly, generous, or considerate. Do you ever stop and wonder if you are friendly? Do you think you're generous? Have you ever been accused of being considerate? Or are you cruel? I may have accused you of being cruel in my last episode. I may have convinced you that within yourself there is just a deep, dark unkindness or the world could make you unkind. Or maybe you think evolution has had a play in your condition and it's not even your fault. There's a book. It's called The Selfish Gene. It's by Richard Dawkins. And he asks this question, or actually he builds off the idea and the argument of natural selection. And he's not really talking about kindness at all in the book or being selfish in the sense of being like selfish. He's talking about surviving. You know, um, the whole natural selection argument, the strong survive. Well, actually, it's the idea that organisms better adapted to their environment adapt and produce more. So basically, strong organisms make strong organisms, and that's how the strong survive in different environments. Over time, molding whole generations of species. But I digress. So the book touches on this idea of copying and pasting genes. Copy and paste is really the key to successful accounting. You'll learn this when you get into the field. (laughs) Same as last year, right? Copy and paste to the next generation is what our genes have basically been doing for millennia. Okay, now stay with me. Don't get bored yet. If you've actually read the book, you'll know that our genes compete to survive. So they'll mimic other genes that are like strong and then like dominate over them. It's this whole like battle that's been going on in our DNA. And one of these genes that's been around for about 500 million years, they claim, I don't know, depends how old you think the world is, (laughs) is this gene that's been called the kindness gene. It's one of our biggest, strongest genes. It's this little thing called oxytocin. It's really a hormone, but yeah, genes. This hormone that's linked to reproduction, breastfeeding, and social behavior. Some call it the love hormone or the cuddle hormone. So tracking what we know about genes and this 500 million year old gene should have been one of the biggest and the strongest genes. If it died out, we wouldn't need it for survival. So the fact that we still have it today, the fact that it survived means that it's crucial. It makes us love. So it makes moms take care of kids. It makes people want to have babies. It makes us love more and in those ways, more kind. Now it ranges in different people. We don't all have the same amount. So some people are more disposition to be kind and others may struggle and have to learn along the way. And I'm not the first to make this case that some people may be born more kind than others. 
David R. Hamilton makes this case as well. He's on the interwebs, really cool read, really easy read. So it's a crucial gene. It's not just crucial to make us have babies and like want to take care of babies. It's crucial throughout the cardiovascular system, the immune system, the digestive system, the process of making stem cells. This love gene kind of drives us and we need it to survive. And we've been needing it to survive for 500 million years. So why don't we talk about it more? This love gene, this, this gene that's been nicknamed a molecule of kindness. And has more affectionate names, but I really like that one. Anne Pissor, a researcher, said that we know less about why humans are so prone to intergroup tolerance and friendship than we know about like war and violence. She argues that a better understanding of why will hopefully allow us to better nurture friendships that transcend group boundaries and maybe reduce the volume of conflict we see in the news. Wouldn't that be nice? A change in focus, focusing on why we can be kind and how we can be kind instead of why are we so cruel and violent and why are we so different may actually push us to be more kind, may push us to finding ways to facilitate kindness and promote kindness amongst ourselves and just promote friendship amongst each other, among each other. <laughs> the last episode I talked about Breaking Bad and how overwhelming events can cause people to change dramatically. There's a man named Eric Novell, link in the title, little link thing that you'll see on Spotify or however you're listening to this. Um, he talks about how um, Breaking Bad impacted him. He has this whole study on it. It's really cool. He talks about how it's similar to people who came back from war. People who went to war and didn't change their character didn't actually see combat. America as a country had a huge character shift between the 50s and 70s. And this was much due to the fact or to the behavior of the people who came back from World War II. He talks about how radical events like those in Breaking Bad can change a person. So while other TV shows present characters evolving out of an unstoppable pressure that's from within, Breaking Bad presents a character whose moral evolution is precisely the result of the choices he made and which he could have made differently. I don't think that this conversation in itself fully tackles human kindness, but it does address that we have a choice in the matter. You have a choice to be kind. You you always have a choice. There's always there's always an out. There's always a better choice that you could make. Maybe you don't always make it, but there's always chances to correct yourselves as long as you're breathing. Now, as I said, kindness is nuanced. We have different ranges within ourselves of this natural little gene, but also um, kindness isn't really the same as niceness. Niceness is kind of like a, like a, like a socially accepted kindness at all costs, like a stereotypical kindness. But kindness in itself has a sense of cruelty to it. So sometimes you have to be cruel to be kind. This would be something like putting down a dog because it's really old and like, you know, can't go on. Or telling a child it's bedtime when they're screaming and they don't want to sleep yet because it's, it's good for them. It, there's a long-term goal. There's this continuing idea of survival or preservation through these acts of, you know, seemingly cruel actions. 
the Bible kind of talks about this idea as well. Um, when Jesus is begging God to take the cup from him, begging God not to make him go to the cross and die for all humanity. He's basically asking if there's another way to reconcile mankind to God, can we do that instead? But scriptures point out it pleased God to punish him so that the world could be reconciled to him. It's a visceral picture of cruel kindness for man's salvation. Regardless of your beliefs, the impact of this moment, of this statement, is huge. Kindness isn't black or white, even religiously. It's often long-suffering with a goal of survival. Not just biblically or, you know, it's, there's another feel-good hormone. Let's talk about it. And it's actually produced by oxytocin, serotonin. It's the one we talk about all the time. It's released when you exercise or do things that bring you joy. And even when you help others, it's called a helper's high. So when you volunteer or do kind stuff, you produce more serotonin. When you get like a text, you know, then we get hooked on it and all this crazy dopamine conversations. Anyway, so one part of it is that it makes you happy to be kind. And on the other hand, it protects the group or it helps you protect your body or keep your body safe. There's like, there's a part of you that gets joy from doing kind things to yourself and to others. Isn't that like a little crazy that the building of secure and happy communities is exercising better behavior or promoting this kindness gene. It's no accident that it's a molecule of kindness that causes us to survive. I don't think it is. I think it's one of those little human miracles that we, you know, aren't really human. <laughs> so be kind. You'll live longer. So... Let's set up systems to be kind and promote kindness. Volunteer. Go and be with people. Take a long shower. Clip your toenails. Choose to be kind to yourself as well as others. Remember that we have different amounts of kindness, so be gracious to those who are lacking or still learning. And again, breathe. Let's breathe one more time together. In. And out. Wasn't that nice? Or was it just kind? <laughs> okay, that's my piece. Remember, you are seen, loved. And thank you for listening to CPA Chanda Pays Attention. Hope to hear from y'all soon. And I hope you'll listen to me soon, too, because we're on a fun road this season. It's going to be great.